you have to be like really on it. If you're trying to do a keto diet very strictly, you got to be really on top of it. Um, which is why I coach a lot of people too, is you're getting into this, you know, it's not like, it's not super black or white, right? You can, you can do like a modified keto diet and kind of work your way up towards it. Or you can, you can play with it a bit and figure out how to make it work for you. Hello, hello. I'm so glad that you're here with me for another episode. Today we're talking about how to choose the right diet, how to know which diet is right for you, how to move your body within the constraints of the diet. We're talking about keto and micronutrient adjustments and what to prioritize on your ketogenic diet, really looking at day-to-day -day results versus long-term results for full body function and really how to look at non-scale victories throughout your process of adopting any sort of ketogenic diet or even a glucose fueled diet. You can apply a lot of these strategies for yourself within keto or your family who perhaps is not eating keto. We're talking about the one meal a day preference and some of the concerns we have for micronutrient interactions, the hurdles of achieving the proper keto diet for you and kind of what to look for, what to watch out for, how to shift. Fuel sources for workouts, the difference between glucose and ketones for your workouts. I've really been delving into this over the last year. And when I have more to share on the topic, I definitely will. So our guest today is Emmy Satrazimus, who's a nutrition and contact director. And Emmy is a board certified sports nutritionist, registered dietitian and nutrition and content director at Trifecta, a self-prescribed always hungry fitness junkie. Emmy loves to build strength and push her body hard, which comes in handy when working with professional Olympic and Collegiate athletes and serving as a dietitian for the Navy SEALs. When she's not in the gym or eating, you can find Emmy traveling or getting active somewhere with her husband, Jake and their pup. Bernie. So this was an episode that we did quite some time ago. And I thought with some of the questions coming in now uh, from you guys, I thought it would be a really good refresher. Um, if you have questions about what you're hearing on the show, or you want to interact with me, the best place to go is healthfulpursuit.com slash contact. You can ask me anything and I usually get back to most responses or I try my very hardest. And if you have ideas for episodes or questions about episodes, that's where to post it. If you don't like email and you'd rather just chat with me on Instagram, I'm pretty responsive there at Leanne Vogel. Okay, let's get going with today's show. Hey, my name is Leanne Vogel. I'm fascinated with helping women navigate how to eat, move, and care for their bodies using a low-carb diet. I'm a small-town holistic nutritionist turned three-time international best-selling author turned functional medicine practitioner, offering telemedicine services around the globe to women looking to better their health and stop second-guessing themselves. I'm here to teach you how to wade through the wellness noise to get to the good stuff that'll help you achieve your goals. We're supporting your low-carb life beyond the if-it-fits-your-macros conversation. Hormones, emotions, relationship to your body, workouts, letdowns, motivation, blood work, detoxing, metabolism. I'm providing the tools to put your motivation into action. Think of it like quality time with your bestie mixed with a little med school so you're empowered at your next doctor visit. Get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn about your body and how to care for it better. This is the Keto Diet Podcast. Hi, Emmy. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so glad to have you on the show today. I'm really excited to be here. 
Uh, so I'd love to know in your words, what kind of got you on this work, um, what you're most passionate about right now. I recorded your official bio, but I'd love to know more about you from you. Yeah. So um, a bit of a long story, but I'll give you the highlights. Uh, so I grew up as an athlete, very, very active and actually had a horrible diet. I lived off fast food. My mom would kill me because I tell this story all the time, but we actually used to take our dogs to McDonald's for their birthday <laughs> to buy them burgers because we just like, that's how we ate. I ate fast food probably two to three times a week. And I never really had to worry about my health or my, my weight because I was so active. And then of course you get older and you hit puberty and kind of all hell breaks loose <laughs> and you have to figure out uh, how to basically not gain a ton of weight and, and fix the problem. So I started learning about food through the Food Network because there really wasn't any other resources at the time and found that I just really loved food. I loved learning about it, how to cook with it, how to find different types of uh, fruits and vegetables that I should be trying, going from like no fruits and vegetables to ones that I'd never even heard of. And then it became so in love with food that I essentially wanted to study it in college um, and then became a registered dietitian. And from there, I've just been kind of constantly reading and learning and trying to find the area of nutrition that I love the most. And no surprise, it ended up being in sports nutrition as an athlete. And that was really what fueled my start in the nutrition world. So I spent a lot of time working with college professional athletes, actually traveled to California to uh, work with the Navy SEALs, do tactical athlete performance, and then slowly found my way here to Trifecta, where we kind of treat everybody like an athlete. And yeah, we're a fitness-based company and we work with a lot of professional athletes, but the everyday person can really benefit from this style of eating as well. So here I'm creating basically a bunch of tools and resources and content for people to kind of tap into that knowledge and figure out how they can build themselves as their own well-rounded athlete through nutrition, fitness, uh, mindset, all of the different areas of health that uh, come into play. Beautiful introduction. And I'd love to know, um, 2020 has been challenging for many of us. And I feel like the, the area of nutrition and working out and going to the gym, everything's changed. How has that influenced your personal approach to movement and nutrition and also at Trifecta and, and, and with the people that you meet with? Yeah, 2020 has thrown a grenade into our habits. And for some people, it is kind of opened up this window to build good habits and kind of start fresh. And some people have gotten some really great things out of it. And then there's others who have been in these routines for so long that now everything's kind of just gone haywire. I've kind of straddled both. <laughs> I am a very avid lifter and was very obsessed with my gym routine. And when all of this happened, I went from gym lifting every day to no gym and not being able to buy a single weight piece of weight online. So I had to re-strategize how I was working out, which actually ended up being one of the most rewarding and fun things I've ever done because I learned how to use my body and get creative with strength training. I challenged myself to not only maintain my muscle, but potentially put on a little bit of muscle without actually lifting weights. So we did exercise bands. I got weighted vests. We 
found whatever equipment we could. And now we're building like a full blown gym in my garage, which is like the greatest thing that I could think came out of this. But it's definitely been a challenge for myself and everyone around me. But it's also been a really great learning experience. And I think a lot of good things have come out of just changing, changing things up, you know? Yes, completely. I know my brother-in-law, <laughs> he he teaches at McMaster University in Canada and he couldn't get his hands on weights either. So they had like water bottles mm-hmm. and they were using all sorts of things, a oh, dresser. <laughs> yeah, I did some deadlifts with paint cans. Um, I was using two by fours, I'm like telling my husband, what else can you throw in my body? Like just like just like layer things on me. (laughs) So true. And how has the changing of workouts shifted your nutrition? Has it at all has have changes kind of leaked through in the way that you're feeding yourself as well? I'm actually pretty regimented when it comes to my diet. Um, I eat about the same time every day. I eat similar foods, not eating out as much was part of it, but I I typically meal prep a lot and I eat at home more often than not, but that was kind of like the extra push that I needed to do it even less. So now eating out for me is like extremely rare. I never really do takeout or anything like that, which has been a blessing. I also don't drink a lot. So not having to go out to the bars and things like that also ended up being more of a blessing. So I think it's improved my nutrition in some ways because I don't have as much temptation and social pressures as I used to. Isn't that the truth? Um, So as a nutrition director, I'm guessing that you've tried all sorts of eating styles and you know all sorts from vegan to keto and everything in between. Can you chat a little bit about the different eating styles that you've tried and what the results have been of that? Yeah, pretty much anything that I coach people on, I've tried myself. I think it's important to kind of understand the pain points that people go through, whether it's trying to find a balanced meal or certain ingredients, or if you're eating out, you know, what is that experience like for people? Also, how hard is it to stick to this diet? And what does it feel like for me? And everybody's different. So I can't necessarily say, oh, that it's not anecdotal like that, where, oh, this happened for me. So this happens for everybody. But typically diets that are a little bit more restrictive, I have a harder time with. (laughs) So it's always a good learning experience to pick up on all those pain points and be able to coach people through them and say, hey, you know, how you're feeling is totally normal. You know, how can we work on this relationship with food and make this experience a bit better for you? And what I find for myself is what I find for majority of the people I work with. And that's ultimately the best diet for you is going to be the one that you can stick to, which is the one with the type of foods that you enjoy eating. So if you don't enjoy the type of foods that you're eating, you're just not going to be successful on any diet. Um, And then you got to pay attention to how you feel too, right? So If you're feeling really run down and tired and crappy, then it's probably not the best plan for you. But if you're feeling great and your workouts are going well and you're feeling like you're getting everything that you need, that's a really good indicator you're on the right track. So while we don't have all of the answers when it comes to nutrition, we do know that we know the basics and those are some good personal cues that you can tap into to say, hey, this is the right plan for me. But yeah, I've tried everything that you could probably think of. I've done fasting, I've done vegan, I've done vegetarian, I've done keto, I've done 
The, actually, the only one that I haven't done is the carnivore diet, uh, which I'm not super interested in, in trying to be quite frank. <laughs> I tried it for three weeks. I was on book tour and I was a previous vegan for many years. I think eight years I was vegan. And then I switched to keto because of hormone issues. And I went carnivore because everyone was talking about it. It was all the rage about a year and a half ago or so, and I'm starting to get questions about it. So I'm like, I better try this. I lasted <laughs> three weeks and we were in the grocery store, obviously buying meat. And I saw somebody pick up a strawberry and I was like salivating. All I could think about was strawberries. And I just like grabbed a pack of strawberries and I'm like eating them in the line. I just needed fresh something fresh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think I could do it. And I have I have some questions about uh, some of the claims behind it and, and how balanced of a diet or approach that actually is for a lot of people. That's probably the, the one that's really trendy right now that I definitely have not tried. It's so hard also, you know, as a professional in the space, you, you know a lot about the micro, like the micronutrients and not a lot of people talk about the absolute necessity of yeah. the micronutrient balance on a diet. Can you chat a little bit about that in relation to the ketogenic diet? Absolutely. So that's one thing that gets ignored on, on most diets, right? Most people are going on a diet for more quick results, which would be something like weight loss or muscle gain, or they're just trying to generally feel better. So a lot of those day-to-day -day results are really what drive a lot of our nutrition decisions. Micros or micronutrients, these are all the vitamins and minerals that your body needs to function. And yes, changing that up can absolutely impact your day-to-day well-being, but it's more of the long game when it comes to health. So this is working towards longevity, right? Reducing your risk of chronic disease, making sure that your body is thriving because the, the better it thrives and the more consistently you're thriving over a longer period of time, the longer and healthier your life is gonna be. So micronutrients are pretty important and it can be a real challenge to get enough, especially when you're on a diet that is restricting certain food groups or you start to cut things out, that balance becomes even more challenging. So I'm always encouraging people to track their nutrition and use an app. Like we have a trifecta app that actually breaks down your nutrient intake. So you can see not just your macros, but also all the vitamin minerals that you're getting and where you maybe have gaps. On keto in particular, so majority of the most nutrient dense foods are plants. And Plants also happen to be where all of your carbohydrates come from because carbs come from everything that grows out of the ground. Uh, so when you're restricting carbs, you restrict a lot of plant-based nutrition automatically. So on keto, if you're not paying attention to like net carbs or choosing non-starchy, low-carb vegetables, you're missing out on a lot of nutrition. If you're just heavily focused on hitting the protein, carb, and fat macros, you're going to be kind of doing yourself a disservice in the long run. So getting the right balance and figuring out how to make that math work can be tricky, which is why uh, I was so excited when we launched a keto meal plan with Trifecta because we got to do a lot of that work and developing those recipes and trying to make that plan not just macro balanced but nutritionally balanced was a bit of a challenge and to do it for like a full day's menu as well. So I thought that was a great learning experience to kind of see what people are going through in their own lives trying to make this work. And especially if you're not tracking and measuring everything, how challenging that can be. Um, but micronutrients are pretty essential and they are always overlooked. <laughs> 
Always, always. I, yeah. I've just started paying attention to how much iron I'm consuming. I got a test back, a couple of tests, like it's been a problem for a while, but recently my doctor was like, we really need to look at your iron. And as somebody who's been fasting for the last six years, you know, maybe I have two meals a day. Oftentimes I'm doing the one meal a day, OMAD style. It's just not possible to get all that your body needs in one meal a day. And people will fight me tooth and nail on this, but like I can't put enough food in my body and also process it properly when I'm so stuffed, I can't move. And it is very difficult to hit the amount of iron one needs in one to two meals. Like even three meals, sometimes it's Mm -hmm. challenging for me to get enough. Yeah. The other thing too, if you're like limiting the amount of times that you're eating, a lot of people don't realize that there's micronutrient interactions. So if you are trying to get all of your nutrition in like one multivitamin or one meal or one or two meals, certain vitamins and minerals actually can inhibit the absorption of other ones. For example, if you are drinking a lot of milk or you're getting a lot of calcium in your diet, that actually interferes with your absorption of iron and zinc. So if you're trying to get it all in one shot, it doesn't necessarily work that well. So it it gets really tricky when you get to like the nitty gritty of it. But ultimately, the more variety that you're adding into your diet, the more of those nutrient dense foods that you're looking for, and the more opportunities that you're giving your body to absorb that nutrition, the better off you're going to be in the long run. And then always, uh, you can look to multivitamins and nutrition supplements. They're fairly safe. Um, if you're looking for you know, a good reputable brand, those can always be a nice way to supplement some of that nutrition and kind of help you out. Yeah, it's so true. I know with myself, vitamin D, I just can't eat enough as somebody who's allergic to a lot of the foods that vitamin D is in. And uh, you know, I get enough sun, but it's still not enough. So vitamin D is something that I just have to supplement with, even though I'm in one of the sunniest places, it just doesn't work out. So it's good to know your body and, and what you need. Oh, that sound of magic. I just shook a packet of Element Recharge watermelon salt in your ear. And if you're anything like me, you just salivated because you know that your body needs copious amounts of sodium to maintain your ketogenic diet. Now, sodium is the body's great solvent. It's a primary alkalizer. It's regulated by the adrenal glands, aka aldosterone, actually. It regulates the blood pressure. It increases heart rate. It maintains fluid balance and maintains pH levels. It also influences stomach acid levels. So if you don't have enough sodium, you're not going to be making stomach acid. You're going to be welcoming in parasites and all those sorts of things. I say to my clients, think of your stomach acid like the initial wall that stops all those little critters from getting in. Sodium also influences cellular membrane permeability and so much more. In addition, it's not just sodium you're going to find in element electrolytes. You're also going to find 200 milligrams of potassium. Did you know that the average body needs about 3,000 milligrams of potassium per day? I challenge you today to look at your food log and see how little potassium you're eating on a daily basis. This is a primary solvent mineral Just like sodium, 
It's an intracellular mineral. It regulates the blood pressure with sodium. It maintains fluid balance, pH levels of the body. It influences cellular membrane permeability. It sensitizes the cell to thyroid hormone. So if you're having issues with your thyroid, the number one mineral that you need to be thinking about is potassium. It also influences nerve conduction of the heart. It lowers heart rate, it dilates arteries, and so many good things. So I just went through two of the three main minerals in Element Electrolytes. Now, what I love about Element Electrolytes is the flavor. They're really salty with a thousand milligrams of sodium per serving. The stuff is good. I have it in my water bottle beside me. Now, I've been sharing Element for at least two years. I love this stuff. And Element has been so gracious with the offer for our listeners You get a sample pack with any of your orders on Element. That's eight single serving packets free with any Element order. This is a great way to try all eight flavors and decide that watermelon salt is your favorite. No, I'm just kidding. It's my personal favorite. I love it. Same with the raspberry one, but you get to try them and let me know what you think. You can get yours by going to drinklmnt.com slash KDP. This deal is only available through my link. You must go to drink klmnt.com slash kdp to get your single serving packets for free with any order. Try it totally risk-free and if you don't like it, share it with a salty friend and they will give you your money back, no questions asked. You really have nothing to lose and everything to gain so you can shake shake your element along with me. I always carry it around in my purse. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine my keto life without it. Let's chat a little bit about the keto challenges. You know, you're chatting a little bit about the individuality, you know, just because it works for one body doesn't mean it's going to work for another body. Um, We chat a little bit about that delicate balance because it really is, you know, um, what's going to work for me isn't going to work for you. Um, Maybe six meals a day is quite a lot. Maybe like four (laughs) is good. Three is maybe good. One might not be so great. Um, Can we chat about the challenges that one has in maintaining the ketogenic diet long term? Yeah, uh, to the kind of speak to the how many meals a day too, because that's always like one of the top questions that people have. Pick a routine or pick a pattern that works for you. That's the best. That's the best way to approach it. If you feel good eating three times a day, then do that. If you want to eat six times a day, then do that. If you want to do intermittent fasting with it and you feel the best with that, do that. Ultimately, it doesn't really matter how many times a day you eat. Uh, if you're trying to lose weight on keto or maintain your weight or gain muscle mass, it's the calorie amount. So that's one big piece that a lot of people tend to overlook. They think, oh, if I just eat keto approved foods, or if I do intermittent fasting, then I'm going to lose a bunch of weight. You could, but it's not the intermittent fasting or the keto diet per se that's actually causing you to lose weight. It's calorie control. So first thing you want to do is pick a routine and stick with that. And that's the one that works best for your lifestyle. And the more systematic, like the more systematic that you make it, the more successful you're going to be. So that's really where I think people kind of fall apart initially is they're trying to change all these things all at once, or they're focused on all of these details. uh, When just kind of getting into some sort of routine to build a habit is usually the best place to start. That's going to set you up for more success in the long run. So that's definitely a big pain point that people go through is trying to figure that piece out, figure out how many calories you need to eat a day and break it out into how many meals that you want to do and start there. And then it's really um, 
trying to balance the macros first. So with keto, uh, the one that everybody wants to pay attention to is carbs, because uh, ultimately the goal of doing keto for a lot of people is to get into ketosis. And even if you're not striving to get into ketosis, uh, there's lots of benefits to controlling your carb intake and being successful on a keto diet. So learning where your carbs are coming from, the types of foods that you can include to kind of help manage that, what your actual carb needs are can differ from one person to the next as well. So uh, it depends on your fitness level. It depends on how metabolically efficient you are. So there's, we actually have calculators that we've created to help people kind of pinpoint the exact carb amount for their keto diet. And then you would count your net carbs based off of that. So those are like the, the two rocks that you want to get a hold of before anything else. And then it's kind of figuring out where the other food kind of falls into place to help you get good nutrition and good, good balance overall. Um, you don't want to go into it with, uh, oh, if I just cut carbs and I eat a bunch of meat and cheese, then I'm going to be healthy and happy and everything's going to work out. There's a lot to consider when it comes to keto and it's different for everyone. And some people just do it and they're like, man, this diet's perfect for me. This has been so easy. I could do this forever. And then other people really struggle and that's totally normal. You got to figure out, you know, the way forward for you. And there's so many considerations with it too, whether you're trying to do ketosis, if you do a cheat day, what happens? Do you like blow everything up and ruin all of your progress? How long do you actually have to do it? Um, how do you know if you're being successful? Um, so again, it's like pick a routine, start to build a habit, do the best that you can, focus on the big things first, and then always, always, always pay attention to how you feel. And then that's going to really help kind of guide a lot of your decisions as you move forward. But I mean, we could dig into like a whole host of complications with keto because I mean, you could, there's so many things that come up for so many people that can be a real challenge, but, and then other people are like, Hey, this is the greatest thing I've ever done. Yeah, totally. My husband is one of those people. He goes on keto and he's like, I feel fantastic. I have yeah. to make no <laughs> changes. <laughs> it's so true. And do you feel that the dedication to self is required more so on the ketogenic diet than say a paleo diet? Like do you, I've done all the things, vegan, keto, all the things. I find with keto, I have to be a lot more attentive to my needs and a lot more intuitive with my body. Would you agree at all? Yeah. I think especially starting out, you, I mean, just trying to hit that carb number for a lot of people, that takes a lot of energy to kind of manage every single thing that you're putting in your mouth. Once you really start tracking and paying attention, you have that, oh my God, there's literally carbs in everything. How am I ever going to do this? And then you learn about net carbs and you're, you feel a little bit better. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you have to be like really on it. If you're trying to do a keto diet very strictly, you got to be really on top of it, um, which is why I coach a lot of people too, is you're getting into this you know, it's not like, it's not super black or white, right? You can, you can do like a modified keto diet and kind of work your way up towards it. Or you can, you can play with it a bit and figure out how to make it work for you. If you aren't hitting everything perfectly to start, that's okay. You know, health changes really require a lot of practice and it's trying different things on and going through the motions and just figuring out how to make it work for you personally. So if you're failing or you're messing up, especially initially, that's not a reason to beat yourself up. You're not going to destroy your whole progress. Uh, remember at the end of the day, if you're trying to lose weight, calories are ultimately what you want to pay attention to. So everything else besides that, it's just some other levers and tools that you can use to try and optimize that experience. 
And I'd love for you to to explain a little bit more of the calorie control because you mentioned calories again, and that reminded me when you were saying calorie control. I think anytime people hear the C word, they're like, "Oh, what you're saying is eat 800 calories or yeah. 500." Cal- <laughs> Can we go into a little bit around that? Because I feel like for myself personally, there's a delicate balance. If I'm below mm-hmm. a certain amount, I may lose weight quicker for a while. And then I feel like hot garbage and I don't get my period and, 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 and. Yep. So can we go in a little bit to do with that? Cause I'm sure listeners just heard, Oh, eat as little as possible. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't do that. You'll be great for two, three weeks and then you're going to be miserable. <laughs> so basically you got to figure out what your maintenance calories are. And you, the best way to do that is actually to get like a body composition test done where you can learn what your actual muscle mass is because your actual uh, resting metabolic rate and your daily calorie needs are most strongly determined by your body weight and muscle mass in particular. So this is where if you have somebody that is super athletic and has a lot of muscle mass can be the same weight as somebody that maybe has more of like a sedentary lifestyle and their calorie needs can be drastically different. So you can't just make assumptions when it comes to calories. You gotta know your body quite well. I would get a body composition test, figure out what your resting metabolic rate is. We also have some calculators that you can tap into to kind of figure out exactly what your calorie needs are. And this is the amount of calories that you'll need to maintain your current weight. So this is based off of your daily activity, your muscle mass, the type of foods that you're eating, how fidgety you are, um, what you as an individual need to maintain your existing weight. To change your weight, you have to cut below that or to gain weight, you would have to eat above that and you have to do it consistently. So this isn't like, oh, if you cut calories for three days and then don't cut calories for the remainder of the week that you're going to lose weight. It has to be over a consistent basis over a long period of time. And that's where people really struggle and how much are you supposed to cut, right? So if you're new to dieting, you don't want to cut a lot. I typically recommend no more than like a 20% cut for like sustainable weight loss that doesn't end up making you hit a wall and feel terrible down the road. Um, If you're new to dieting, I would do even less. I would do like honestly like a five to 10% cut for like a few weeks, see how you feel, get used to the concept of counting calories, get used to kind of easing into it. And then you can ramp it up as you feel better. And there's going to be so much fluctuation in like water weight and the scale is going to be all over the place for a while. And that's all completely normal, but it's the consistent calorie control. So cutting your calories 10 to 20% on a consistent basis, which means every week your average calorie intake is below your maintenance. And you keep doing that week after week, after week, after week, and you're going to start seeing results. And Staying in that sweet spot of 10 to 20% is going to help you cut mostly fat. You're going to lose weight at a healthy pace versus like, okay, I'm going to cut 50% because I want to lose weight as fast as possible. You're going to be pretty miserable. Your appetite, your hormones, your mood, (laughs) uh, your blood sugar, everything is just going to start to go haywire and kind of work against you where it's going to feel like one, you're starving, uh, you're going to be cranky, you're going to be at a huge disadvantage and being able to stick to that so that you can actually get results. And you'll probably end up hurting your progress in the long run because you just can't maintain it. So you want to be in this comfortable spot where you are cutting, but you're not starving yourself. 
And that's really where you're going to start losing fat. That's really where you're going to start seeing significant change, but it takes a little bit of time. And that's where we, we hang ourselves up is because we want everything to happen really quickly. Completely. And those harsh reactions that we jump on the scale and our weight's gone up two pounds, let's say it's day two of our cycle. And so that could be definitely be why. And then we're like freaking out, like, oh my gosh, I have to lower my calories. My macros aren't working. And so I always recommend, like, you have to just be patient and not make those quick, quick reactions to jumping on the scale. Everything is ruined. What I'm doing isn't working. It really takes some time. Uh, I hear you saying also. Yeah. And I'm a huge fan of tracking to kind of give you that information, right? Because otherwise you're just guessing. So if you're tracking everything you eat and drink, then you know how much you're actually getting every day. And like in the trifecta app, you can actually see your weekly calorie average. So you can go in and say on a weekly basis, I am below my maintenance calories. And that's, that is crucial if you're somebody that can stick to a diet all week long. And then on the weekends, you're like, maybe give yourself a little bit of wiggle room and you don't track. You could be doing more harm than you actually realize, or you could also be under eating, but it's a good way to kind of say, how consistent am I being overall? And then you also want to track your weight every day because you'll see if you actually track your weight, the chart doesn't just go like this. It's like this. (laughs) And you want to see that over time you're trending in the right direction, but it's totally normal for your weight to jump around because you have so much that changes in terms of water weight, whether you've eaten a big meal or you need to go to the restroom, uh, hormones for women, especially. I mean, that's, I mean, come on, you can gain like seven pounds if you're PMSing or something, which is so disheartening, but it doesn't mean that you're gaining fat or that you're destroying your progress. You just got to learn how to find those fluctuations and figure out your body and, and how to tell if you're on the right track. And tracking is the, ultimately the best way to do that. Completely. Maybe you've heard of all the amazing things that apple cider vinegar can do for you. Apple cider vinegar can balance your healthy blood sugar, banish cravings, and encourage fat loss. It also can improve protein absorption and digestion, helping you break down animal proteins so that you can use those nutrients more effectively. It stabilizes healthy blood sugar and helps improve energy and mood. It can aid in the healthful aging process. It has been shown to lower morning glucose, fasting glucose, and help stabilize blood sugar by increasing the ability of our muscles to take up sugar from our blood. The apple cider vinegar in Paleo Valley's supplement is paired with turmeric, ginger, cinnamon, and lemon, all organic ingredients, to boost the effectiveness of this supplement. Also, far more convenient than drinking actual apple cider vinegar. You can head on over to paleovalley.com slash keto for 15% off your order. Again, that's paleovalley.com slash keto. I would love to kind of end our session today by chatting a little bit about how to meld all of this together with training (laughs) and the different types of training. I know that you were going to link it up into the show notes, a post that you did on the different types of fuel sources on keto and the different types of training. I'd love to just, because I get this question all the time. I'm doing high intensity interval training. I feel like hot garbage or I'm running. I feel great or not. Or can we chat a little bit about how to make all this work if we have our weekend warriors who are eating keto, but they're not feeling great and how to manage all of that with the macros? Yeah. So 
Ketones are fascinating, and we actually have a great article, deep dive on this, if you're really into the science behind it. But you have multiple different sources of fuel that your body can tap into based off of the type of training that you're doing. Um, so in a nutshell, you basically have aerobic versus anaerobic style training. And that will help determine on a normal diet whether you're ultimately burning more fat or carbohydrates as a source of energy. Carbs are usually your quick source of fuel. So when you're doing anything that's like explosive movements, if you're doing powerlifting, Olympic weightlifting, high intensity, this is like short, quick bursts of energy, you'll tap into carbohydrates a lot. But you also have some uh, stored creatinine in your muscle that you can use for that as well. So this is how if you're not eating any carbs, you can still do some explosive and high intensity, but how long and for how often can depend on the person and how well you actually can store a lot of that like quick source of fuel in your muscles. For most people, you're always using a combination of fat and carbohydrates, and ketones kind of throw like a whole nother layer of a fuel source into this. So typically what you'll find is for somebody that's doing uh, more slower paced training, more aerobic, where you have plenty of oxygen, you can tap into fat stores more efficiently on a keto diet. So if you're doing like running or cycling or maybe some lifting that's less intense, uh, you're not doing like explosive movements, um, you're actually going to do real well on a keto diet and ketones are going to fuel you pretty efficiently. And it's going to help kind of optimize that for you. But if you're somebody that is like, I love high intensity, I do Olympic lifting, you'll do okay for a little while and then you'll find that you start to hit a wall. And all that means is that you just need to be a little more strategic about your nutrition around the time that you're training. So you can do more slow um, carbohydrate sources or maybe tailor some of your carb intake around your training. And you actually might be able to increase your carbs a little bit more than that traditional 20 grams on a keto diet. That's a blanket recommendation, but it doesn't necessarily mean it works for everybody. What the research says is 20 to 50 grams for most people, but some athletes can actually eat as high as 100 grams and still be in ketosis. So you can start to play with carb intake around the time that you're working out and see if that makes you feel better. Specifically, right before you train, having a little bit more carbs, using that for your high intensity, it's not going to interfere with your ability to burn fat. It's not going to mess up your diet. It's just going to make you feel a lot better as you're going through the workout. But the type of training absolutely can be fueled by different nutrients and fat, ketones, and carbs all can support training in different ways. So you have to learn to kind of pay attention to how you're feeling. And if you're feeling like you're hitting a wall on keto, that you're losing your strength or you're losing that explosive energy, you might benefit from adding a little bit more carbs around the time that you're training. But if you're not experiencing that, you're probably uh, tapping into those fat stores really well, and you're probably gonna have a great time training. <laughs> Yeah, it's so important um, to shift things. I know for myself, I don't react to medjool dates all that 
poorly. I, my blood glucose remains pretty steady and I sometimes have that before a workout and that just mm-hmm. like, man, it makes me get on fire. And so, but I have friends and colleagues that would do that and it just wouldn't work. So it's important, like you said, to just listen to your body. And if it's, if what you're doing is working, why would you change it just because you heard something on a podcast thinking it would be better? I think that's, we, I've made that mistake so many times of like, let me try this new thing, even though what I have going on is a hundred percent great right now. (laughs) Yeah. And I know it's scary too, when you're on such a carb controlled diet to even like fathom, like, adding more carbohydrates but what happens is if you're doing it right before you work out your body's going to use that sugar it uses it right away and it's only going to help you have a better workout it's going to make you feel better it's not going to mess with your ability to produce ketones it's not going to like destroy your whole keto diet i mean you'd have to like really sit down and eat a lot of carbs and like really get it in <laughs> to to kind of kick you out but even then you can always get it back so uh you got to play with it and see what works for you find find some good things like dates are a great option to do as like a pre workout Uh, maybe a little bit of fruit, anything that's a little more starchy too that you can kind of hold on to a little bit longer can be good. But I think it's important to play with that and and listen to your body and find what works for you. I think what you pointed to, Emmy, too, of saying it's not like you're going to start all over again. I try to explain that to my clients. You know that game shoots and ladders? We call it snakes and ladders (laughs) in Canada. And it's not like there's this one shoot at the very end or in the middle that takes you right (laughs) back to the beginning. It's not like that. You know, if you're if you're building up this metabolic state of keto, you're also becoming metabolically flexible. That's part of the benefits of following a ketogenic diet. So um, I think a lot of people get stuck in, but I have to eat 20 grams of carbs. Otherwise, everything that I've done over the last month, three months, six months, a year, five years, six years is just going to go away like that if I start eating carbs. In Yeah. I mean, when you're on like a high carb diet for so long, you're not very metabolically efficient. You're, it, it's that like period and that pain that you have to go through to learn to tap into fat stores or to utilize ketones as a source of energy. Once you've gotten your body to figure out how to do that, it becomes a lot easier. So you're basically training your body to be more metabolically efficient, to tap into different stores of energy. So adding carbs back in is not going to reverse all of that hard work that you've done. It's also not going to destroy your diet. Remember, you have to think about your goals. And if you're trying to lose weight, ultimately calories is what you want to focus on. But it's okay to change things up a bit and do a couple different like carb sources here or there if it's making you feel better. It's going to make your experience on the diet so much better in the long run. And if you're really into fitness, I mean, there's nothing worse than feeling like crap when you're trying to get a good workout in. And if you really enjoy working out, it's worth it to try and try and optimize that a little bit more for yourself. Yeah, you're completely right. I know when I first started keto, I was really, really into like very intense hot yoga and I would go twice a day and about at day, I don't know, 2021, I started to not be able to feel my legs. Like they were tingling so much (laughs) and I wasn't supplementing with electrolytes and it was just all bad. And I thought, okay, well then I'll just give up yoga and try something else. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We need, just need to shift things. So yeah, yeah, thank you so much for bringing that up. Where can people learn more from you? Where can they connect? Uh, We'll include all of this information in our show notes as well. 
Yeah, we actually have a ton of resources on keto on our uh, blog. So if you go to trifectanutrition.com slash blog, there is tons of keto information. We have calculators. Uh, we talk about protein and carbs on keto. We have calculators for those to help you figure out exactly how many grams of macros that you need. We've got some good calorie calculators. Um, and then we've got some great resources too around things like if you cheat on keto, what does that do to your progress? How do you, what are the best cheat meals for keto? How many grams do you need to eat before you destroy everything? <laughs> um, so pretty much any of those like burning questions that you have around keto, we're trying to answer on the blog. Um, and there's just a lot of good resources there. I mean, thank you so much for coming on the show today. This was a blast. Yeah, it was so nice to meet you. I love chatting about keto. It's, it's always a fun one. <laughs> Definitely. And thanks again for coming on. Yeah, take care. Thanks for listening. Join us next Tuesday for another episode of the Keto Diet Podcast. Looking for more resources? Go to healthfulpursuit.com for keto meal plans, weight loss programs, low-carb recipes, and oodles of free resources to get you going. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representation or warranties of any kind please consult a qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program.